Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Connecting heaven and earth. I always think that if you're here at week one of a series, it's like the best week. It's nothing worse than coming in on week two or three and be like, what did I miss? What just happened? Why is he referring to something I don't understand? And so anyway, you're here. It's week one. It's Father's Day. You know, Father's Day is also that tricky Sunday of the year where um, it's a little bit different than Mother's Day. A lot of times on Mother's Day, everybody goes to mom's like, mom, what do, what do you want to do on Mother's Day? Like, I want the whole family to go to church together. And you have to. Or you're a bad child. <laughs> and on Father's Day, you go to your dad, and you're like, Dad, what, what do you want to do? And great, great dads are like, we, the family's going to church. Get your butt in the car. That's what great dads do. But, but occasionally, you know, you got something going on, or somebody plans something for you, or somebody gifts something really, really cool to you, and you're like, well, it's Father's Day, and somebody made these plans for me. And so you're, you're like, what are you doing today? You're like, well, I'm going golfing, or I'm going to go put deer urine on me, or, you know, whatever it is. And so... That's what dads do. But you're here. And I just want you to know I'm excited. I'm proud that you're here today. And you're here to the start of a brand new series called Connecting Heaven and Earth. This will be about a four-week series. And, you know, we, we talked about prayer a couple of years ago. And we did a series called Lord Teach Us to Pray. And um, if you want to get this, I mean, I'll, I'll give this to you for free. If, if you ever wanted to know, like, how do I pray? Like, what are the nuts and bolts of prayer? Please go grab that in the back. It really, Jesus talks about, like, before he even teaches you how to pray, it's fascinating because he teaches you how not to. He's like, don't, don't, whatever you do, don't do it. Before I even teach anything, just don't be like them. And so you need to figure out what them is like and don't be like them. And he gives you like a when and a where and a how not to. And really, and then he, it, it's fascinating. Go get that series. But this series is a little bit different because here's what I think. I think that in our hearts, we all pray. Can I get an amen? You, you know, you might not be like a disciplined prayer person. You may not have like a prayer devotional time, but you pray. Some of you pray in your shower. Some of you pray as you lay your head on your pillow at night. Some of you pray as you drive. Any prayer drivers? Keep your eyes open at all times. Um, Jesus, take the wheel. Um, don't, don't be like that and um, focus. Stay focused. Um, but we all pray, and, and many of us pray like devotionally because it's important to us, and we found that that's how we really connect with God. Others, we just pray when we're pure desperate. When all else has failed, it's, the, the, the fan has been hit, you know what I'm talking about? It, we, that's when we pray. And we pray, bless God. We will pray fervently. And, and we, there, everybody's in the scale somewhere between those two things of prayer. But we all pray. We all have an idea that God is out there and that God wants us to talk to him. And, that, and, and this, is, this is the other part that I know about. Not only do you pray... This is really important to you. You want God to answer your prayers. Because if you didn't, you, you wouldn't ask, right? You just, you just skip right over. Like, but, so, so the question then becomes, if we all pray, and we all agree that we all pray. I know people that don't even believe in God. They pray. Um, if it gets bad enough, they pray. And, and we all know that we want to get our prayers answered. So the biggest question is, well, how do I pray? Like, like how does that work? How does that look? And what I wanted to do was take a look at some incredible prayers in the Bible. Because the Bible is filled with men and women of faith who became desperate, who were seeking God, whatever their context or circumstance was. And they were like, they prayed. And I don't want to go and examine the prayers that didn't work. I want to go and look at what about the prayers that God answered? What are the great prayers of the Bible where, where God shows up and answers? And why did he answer? What, what, what did they say? Should I say that? Should I say something like that? Because many of us, when we pray, we get stuck. Many of us, when we pray, you ever pray and feel like you're just kind of talking to the wall? 
You feel like nobody's listening. You get done praying and then doubt creeps in your mind and you're like, why did I even do that? I don't think that works. Or, you know, you go through all these. I want you to know prayer is powerful. Prayer connects heaven and earth. And today and over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how do you do that in great men and women of the Bible who did somehow connect heaven and earth with these incredible prayers. Let's get started today. Everybody say, all right. Today, I want to talk to you about a guy who many of you have probably never heard of. He's in a book of the Bible you probably never read. He's in a section of the Bible that even if you read that book of the Bible, you most likely skipped because I would have skipped it. And so I'm just putting that out there. Today, I want to look at what I want to refer to as the ambitious prayer. Not selfishly ambitious, but it's ambitious. It's a big prayer. It's a bold prayer. It's an awesome prayer. It's a prayer that when I read and studied, remember I told you I had a scripture in my wallet? I took that one out and I put this prayer in there. And that's what's been in there for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Because I thought, what a killer prayer. I want to pray like this. This is an ambitious prayer. And you may have heard of it. It's known as the prayer of Jabez. Has anybody ever heard of that before? The prayer of Jabez. Yeah. Here's the deal. The first thing you need to know is, is, is that Jabez is really obscure. You know, when I throw out names of like, Super dudes in the, in the Bible. I throw out like Abraham and Moses. and You're like, yeah, yeah, I, I know those guys. Do you, you know Moses has like 800 verses of the Bible given to him? Abraham's got a couple hundred easy. You know how many Jabez has? So he's not, he's not a big deal. As a matter of fact, he, he has no cool story. We don't even know what his story is. We don't really know anything about him. Like he doesn't have like a, I slept in a lion's den overnight and survived. Or I killed a giant. He doesn't have anything like that. He's not like some of these New Testament apostles where he's like, yeah, I raised that guy from the dead and I healed that guy. He, he's got nothing. He got two verses. And all we know is he's obscure. He's odd. He's, as a matter of fact, he's found in the book of 1 Chronicles. How many know whenever you ask people what their favorite Bible verse is? What's your favorite Bible verse? You never hear 1 Chronicles anything because you never read that book. And you would have never read this verse, and I'll tell you why. The first eight chapters of the book of 1 Chronicles is weird guy name begat weird guy name, which begat weird guy name, which begat weird guy name. Eight chapters. You know, listen to me. I know some of you did that whole read through the Bible thing. Don't you lie before God. You skip those pages. And I don't even blame you. Who wants to read the begots of a bunch of weird people and weird places with weird names? And I would never name my kid that. And so, yeah, we don't go to those, those books of the Bible for inspiration for what to name our kid. We don't go to those books. And, and so he's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And, and it's so weird. You'll be reading, if, and you won't do this, but if you were reading 1 Chronicles 4, you'd get begots. So it's, and then all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit goes, wait, shh, stop. Stop your begots for one moment. See this guy, Jabez? We're going to talk about this guy real quick here. And it goes on to say this right here. Listen to these words. First Chronicles 4, verse number 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Like that was, that's his opening verse. He gets, he gets two verses. This is the opening one. And it tells us Almost nothing. I mean, there's, there's a couple really, really key thoughts here. Not only is he obscure and just kind of oddly plucked out of 1 Chronicles chapter 4, but it says a couple more things about him. Number one is that he was more honorable. Everybody say that. Everybody say more honorable. Like, he, 
Like there's honorable people and then there's more honorable people. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like there's a lot of people you're surrounded by, right? They're good people. But then every once in a while you come across a person that is so exceptional in their character, in their, in, in their attitude, in their whatever, in their diligence. And you're like, man, I mean, there's some good people. There's some honorable people all around me. But man, that dude, that woman is more honorable. And, and you, when you, I don't, this is just me, but when I think about honor, I don't start thinking of like talent. Right? Because I don't think we ever get like overly gushy about talent, like where we would say, because we, we appreciate good talent, right? We never look at talent and say, wow, that is so honorable. Because we think to a large degree, you're born with talent and abilities, don't we? I mean, that's, that's just God-given gifts and talents that you were born with. But when we see honor, usually what we're thinking about is their character that distinguished them above everybody else. Like, like, like for the student, it, it, it wasn't that you just went to class and showed up and, and it did did the bare minimum, like, you, you went above and beyond. You studied extra. You put in extra credit and extra work and went in and did more. That, that was above and beyond. Like, like, all you dads out there, like, there's that joke about, like, where, where, where you're talking to the dad. And he's like, well, well, I take care of my kids. And it's like, well, good for you. That's, that's actually what you're supposed to do. I don't know. If, like, that's not, we don't applaud that. That's your basic responsibility in life. Good for you. You took care of your kids. Like that's honorable. But like more honorable is like the dad that goes above and beyond to do everything that he can to whether it's to give or to sacrifice or to, to teach or to guide or whatever it is. Like the more honorable thing, the business person, listen, to, to go to work and to do a good job and to put in a great effort and do your work as unto the Lord, that's all honorable. But then you have these moments where you can distinguish yourself and become like more honorable. Like, like when you have that moment where you know you could totally get away with it and you could totally cheat the system and cut the corner and, and maybe get more money and get away with it and nobody else would know and you do the right thing even though you'd never get caught. Like there's honor and then you're like, dang, that dude's super honor. And Jabez did something. And so, so a couple things about Jabez. Number one, Jabez is obscure and he's plucked out of nowhere, which teaches us this. That ultimately you don't have to be famous or special for God to answer your prayers. So if you ever felt obscure, you ever felt like, I'm not a big deal. I don't have a t-shirt that says I'm kind of a big deal. I'm not. I'm not a big deal. You don't have to be a big deal for God to honor your prayers. You, you don't have to be. That God looks beyond that. Second thought is this. Is that character and faithfulness distinguish you far above talent or gifting. Because I don't know about you, but I always look back and like, well, I can't. I, I Because you get into the comparison trap, don't you? You look at other people with incredible gifting and talent, and you're like, well, but I can't do that, and I'm not good at that. Not, I, I can't ever look, look, do this. And, and you get into compare, but that's not what God's looking at. When God looked at Jabez, it wasn't his talent or his ability, but it was his character and his faithfulness. Now, the last thing before we even look at the prayer is this, is that the Bible says that Jabez's mom decided to name him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Now, if you look up the Hebrew word Jabez, it actually is the word that means born in pain. Like, that's what his name means. Which goes to say, like, mom, that's mean. Like, was, was, it, was it like, the, and we don't even know the story. Like, Jabez only gets two verses, so they don't even tend to, to like, get into the detail. Like, was it just a bad uh, childbirth situation? Was the mother distraught? Was the mother in severe pain and agony emotionally, physically? I, I don't, we don't even know. All we know is that he was born in pain to the degree that mom was like, you're the pain kid. I'm going to label you right now. You're the pain kid. That's who you are. You, hey, there's a great song by Johnny Cash. It's called A Boy Named Sue. Isn't that the best? 
And it tells, if you don't know, you need to go Google or YouTube a boy named Sue this afternoon. And it'll bless your heart. And it's about a young man who his dad was a deadbeat dad and was going to leave him. And he knew since he was going to leave him, he goes, I'm going to name him Sue. Which seems like the meanest. Why would you name a boy Sue? And so sure enough, he gets picked on as a little kid. And he has to get tough and nasty and learn how to fight. And then later on, he, it's, it's a crazy story. It's not godly. Um, he, go, he goes to find his dad because he wants to kill his dad. And, and then he finally finds him. And they get into a fist fight in the middle of the streets. And, and then finally, they have this father-son moment. Do you remember the story? They have a father-son moment. He goes, I knew I wouldn't be around to make you tough. So I gave you a boy, I gave you your, your, the name Sue, because I knew you'd have to be tough to keep that name with you. And then, and then there's this sentimental moment where they say, good, say goodbye. And then he goes, if I ever have a boy, I'm going to name him Bill or Robert or Jim and nothing, but I, I'm not naming him Sue. And that's, but I feel like when I read the name Jabez, I felt like Sue. I felt like your whole life, you're labeled. You're the key, you're the pain kid. But God answers his prayers, which again, you don't have to be famous and it's not about being talented or gifted or, or, or can I dare go on to say that like your past history does not define your future. That whatever your family used to, because this is what we, we do many times. We look at our family and say, well, my family's always done this, therefore I will always do this. Or you look at your own past and you say, because I have, have always been like this, I guess I'm always going to be like that. Or you think, you know, well, because, because that's what they said about me. That, that they always said I would turn out this. That I guess, and I want you to know that's not true. That you don't have to let your past define your future. Jabez is proof of this, that no matter what his life was born into, he made his life different. As a matter of fact, you never let your past define your future. Only God gets to define your future. That's who you want to define your future because he draws you out of your past and he draws you out of your pain and he calls you blessed and he calls you his own. And he calls you a child of God. He calls you a citizen of heaven. He calls you more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. This is what you want God to do. So no matter what your name or what your past or what your pain is, God still wants to answer your prayer. This is just verse 1. Verse 2 is where he actually prays the prayer. Are you ready? This is an incredible prayer. And just so you know, at the end of the day when you walk out of these doors, I'm going to give you a card with this prayer on it because I want you to stick it in your purse or in your wallet or in your mirror or in your dashboard or wherever you're going to see it. And I want you to start to pray this prayer. Here we go. Verse number 10 says this. It says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Like that's the opening to his prayer. And this is why I said it's the ambitious prayer, right? He didn't start out praying for it. Lord, I pray for peace. I pray for peace in Israel and peace in the Middle East. And I pray for other. He doesn't do that. And I'm not saying that there's not a time to pray for others. There completely is. We'll talk about that maybe. But this is the ambitious prayer. This is the prayer that says, God, I'm believing for big things. And I just want you to bless me and he even says, I want you to bless me. Everybody say indeed. indeed. Okay, that was that was weak. Let's let's try that again. Everybody say indeed. indeed. This is like in, in Hebrew language, this is like putting because they didn't use like exclamation points. Sometimes they would repeat a word, but when he put the word indeed, it was like putting five exclamation points at the end of this prayer. He's like, bless me big, like bless me huge, like 
Indeed. Like, that, that's how I want you to go. And, and in their language, they had two words that they used for blessed. We took their two words. We made one word. We, we made blessed. They, they had two words. The first word that they would have used sometimes would have been the word that says, bless me because I did something. Almost like sowing and reaping, cause and effect. Because I do this, God, you will give me that. Does that make sense? Like Psalms 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of scorn from the sands and the paths of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on that law he meditates day and night. That's blessed in the sense of if I do that, I'll get that. And the Bible's full of promises, and you should always be doing that so you can get that. Always. But sometimes, sometimes God's not even in the sowing and reaping deal. Sometimes he's in the I just want to bless you because doggone it, I want to and I'm generous and I just want to because I just want to bless you. That's it. This is the word Baruch. Everybody say Baruch. This is the word in the Hebrew language. They would have said this is the blessing just because I love you. The blessing just because I want to be gracious. The blessing just because I want to be generous. And so he says, Lord, bless me indeed. Now he does something interesting though because he doesn't say... Like, bless me with like a bunch of money and power and I want to destroy all my enemies. And because we do that sometimes. Um, he leaves it blank, which means to me that he gives God the leverage, God the opportunity, God the wisdom to bless him however God sees fit. Because sometimes I'm afraid of my own prayers. Sometimes I'm afraid I might be asking for dumb things or selfish things or things that if I actually got, I would regret them later. You know what I'm talking about? We go back to high school. Remember when you prayed for him, and then now you're at your 20-year reunion, you're like, thank God that heaven was silent on that day. You ever look and you see that, that, that girl that she was so hot in that yearbook, but then 20 years later, she's a train wreck, and you're like, boy, I, it's like I averted disaster. Thank God. And so sometimes, sometimes you've got to be careful of your own prayers. And so Jabez just leaves it kind of open to say, God, bless me like huge and big. But I don't even know what that means. And so in whatever way that you want to bless me, God, just open the floodgates. Like make it big. Make it huge. Like I'm, I'm all for anything and everything that you want to give me. And I'm just open to whatever it is. And I want you to think about this because the Bible even says in the book of James that you have not because you ask not. That's what James said. He said you have not. Because you ask not. And so what I'm encouraging you today is, is go be like Jabez. Not selfishly ambitious, but still ambitious. Like bless me big, huge, like over the top, whatever it takes. Because here, here's something you need to think about. For God to bless you, it costs God nothing. Does that make sense? Let me, let me explain it like this. If you came to me and you said, Todd, I need a hundred bucks. And I got 400 bucks. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to give you, I got 400 bucks. You need 100, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you hundred bucks. Now, how much money do I have? I got 300 bucks. Why? Because if I bless you, I have to take something from my own resources. And now my resources have been depleted to a certain degree to give you or to bless you, right? Do you know what happens when you give out of, uh, uh, of something that is infinite? You lose nothing. Some of you think that for God to bless you, that somehow he'd have to unbless somebody else or not bless somebody else. And it would be weird for you or selfish for you to ask for the huge blessing and generosity and kindness and grace of God. Because what if that blessing was supposed to go to somebody else and I kind of took it from them? God has an infinite supply of resources. And for him to give you nothing or him to give you everything would cost him nothing. Does that make sense? In light of that mathematical equation, which doesn't make sense by the way, you might as well go big. You might as well ask for a blessing indeed. Somebody say amen. 
So remember this, that our level of life is directly related to the level of our prayers. So if we're going to pray, you might as well pray big. If you're going to ask for a blessing, you might as well ask for a blessing indeed. Now, check this out. He goes on from there and he moves forward in this prayer because really, I think it's a prayer for one thing and then he has like three definitions of it. Does that make sense? I don't think it's a prayer for four things. I think it's a prayer for one thing. I think everything is a huge blessing. But the next thing he says is this. He says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. And then the second thing is, and enlarge my territory. Literally, this would mean enlarge my border. Like, like you need to know that in life, you've got a territory, Right? You've got a realm of influence. You've got a realm of responsibility. And Jabez was looking at his plot and his lot and his, well, his, his territory. And he said, I've got this much, God, but I want more. I want bigger. And so, God, could you somehow expand my influence and expand my reach and expand my territory? I, that's what I want you to do. And I think about that as a pastor. I think, man, we should be expanding our territory. I think as, as an individual, when you think about what you've got, and I, I, God, can you give me more influence to help people? Can you give me more abundance that I might bless more people? Can you just enlarge and expand my territory? Because most of us, when you think about your lot in life, Usually we start looking at natural things and we start making excuses because we say, well, I don't have a large lot because of the family that I came from and the socioeconomic background and I really didn't do good in school and I'm not overly talented. So really my lot's going to be small in life because of all these factors. And that's, this is what that would look like. This is your equation in life. Your equation looks something like this. When you take my past and my abilities and my charming personality my training or lack thereof, and my appearance, however I might feel about that, that, that's what my lot in life looks like. And most of us, this is what we think about when we think about life. We think about all the natural things that create your lot in life. But again, God has an infinite supply of resources, so he doesn't really care about your good looks or witty personality. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. As a matter of fact, God's equation would look a little bit more like this. It would say my willingness and faithfulness plus God's plan and power equals my expanding territory. Like you need to get into God's equation and get out of yours. Because yours keeps you in the comparison trap and yours keeps you insecure. And yours keeps you full of doubt and excuses. But God's is a little bit different. It's because God is wanting you. Because God answers the prayer. This is the, I'm giving away the ending here just so you know. Spoiler alert. The very end is, is that God answers the prayers. So did God have a problem with Jabez saying, bless me huge? Did God sit back and say, well, Jabez, we need to talk. Because I think you're being selfish. And when you look at your brothers and sisters, you know they deserve to. And it would be unfair for me to bless you and not bless them equally the same. God doesn't do that. He looks at the boldness and the ambitiousness of the prayer. And is like, I like this guy. Yeah, he's more honorable. But I like him. And I just want to answer his prayer. And so he's like, enlarge my territory. The second thing that he asks is this. He basically says, may your hand would be with me. Like, like in scripture, the hand of God is always referring to the presence and favor of God. So when you read the Bible and you talk about like, like the apostles in the book of Acts, it says that the hand of God was with them and it says that favor followed them and they were expanding and growing and God's power was with them. And so the hand of God is always referring to the favor of God. Like God wants to favor you. Everybody say favor. Now favor is kind of sometimes used in churches and sometimes we don't totally know what it is. But like let's talk, everybody say favor. 
I need you to like dine with me, favor. Like, if I said, hey, can, can you do me a favor? What am I really wanting you to do? I'm wanting you to give me something. Hook me up, bless me, help me. Like my neighbor, my buddy, he called me a couple days ago. He said, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I got a flight at 6 a.m. out of Oakland Airport. I need you to pick me up at 4 a.m. and drive me to the airport. And I'm a nice, I'm a good guy, I'm a good friend. And so I got up at 4 a.m. to take, because you know why? Because he asked me for a, a favor. I want you to realize that when you ask God for favor, you're asking for God to put something on your life that is a constantly attracting God's generosity and blessing and grace and whatever that is. Like that's the favor of God. I always define favor like this. is really favor is God putting me in the right place at the right time with the right people for his purpose. That's what real favor is. And you can't pay money for this. You couldn't buy this. This is worth more than gold. Because you can't, you can't order time. You can't do that. Only God can do that. And so he has the ability to put you in the right place at the right time. He, he orders your steps. He orders even your relationships at times. Like there are certain times in life that you got ahead simply because it was who you knew, not what you knew. And it was God that connected that relationship. And all of a sudden, this is what Jabez is praying. Like, God, give me favor. Put it on my life. Listen to this in, in, in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, if you just think I'm making all this stuff up. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Like God's looking for people to bless. God's looking for people to favor. God is looking for people to enlarge their territory. So my question would be this. Why not you? Why not now? What about you? Like, wouldn't it be awesome if God blessed you indeed? Because the, the thing that might be keeping you from the blessing indeed is simply the fact that you don't ask. Let's keep going. I'm, I'm going to get ahead of myself. The third thing, remember I said it's bless me indeed, and I think there's just kind of three specific requests, is that you enlarge my border, that your hand of favor be upon me. And then lastly, he says, keep me from evil that I might not harm. And that's, that's what we're talking about. He's like, keep me from harm, protect me from evil. Isn't that what Jesus said at the end of the Lord's Prayer? At the end of the Lord's Prayer, he says, and God deliver me from Evil. Yeah, it's the same idea because here, here's what you need to know too. I think this, this is important. The more God blesses you, the more the attack is going to come against you. The more God increases your territory, the more you have to lose. The greater you, the higher you go in life, the higher the fall is. And so he's saying, hey, if you're going to enlarge my territory and bless me indeed, that just means I got more to lose, further to fall. It could get ugly. I more now than ever need your protection over my life. And so God, keep me from harm. I say all that just to encourage you with this one big idea. Is that at the end of the prayer, it just says that God granted his request. God answered his prayer. And you ask why? Because it doesn't seem like the most humble prayer, but I don't think it's meant to be. But I don't think it's an arrogant or prideful prayer either. I think it's a big, bold prayer. And I think this, I think that God honors prayers that honor him. Because you wouldn't pray a big prayer unless you believed a big God could deliver on that prayer. So how big do you believe God to be? And how great do you think his love is for you? Do you really believe he goes to and fro looking for people to bless? Do you really believe that he wants to bless you indeed? And I'm telling you this because I think if this is the prayer that Jabez prays, we should ask the question, why not me and why not now? Like, why shouldn't I go ahead and believe for big things? Because the only reason that I think you wouldn't is, 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 number one, that if you just didn't think you were worthy enough, and I want to tell you, you're so worthy that Jesus died on a cross so that you might have life. He made you worthy. 
The other thing that you would say is, well, well, maybe I don't deserve because I'm not good enough. Well, newsflash, none of us are. I mean, Jabez was more honorable, and I think we need to strive for that. But God's grace clearly didn't go to the good kids. It went to anyone who would ask. So why not you? How many of you would love to be blessed? Like, indeed. Enlarged your territory. God's hand of favor be upon you. And God's protection be surrounding you. Who wouldn't want that? So why don't you start praying it? Even now. Last story, and I'll close. There's a... um, Kind of a Christian parable, if I will. It's not in the Bible. It's just a parable, and I think it's interesting. It's a parable about Mr. Jones. I've heard this story told in different ways, but, but this might be the most prominent way that I've heard it told. It's a story about Mr. Jones as a man who dies. He's a Christian man, and he dies, and he goes to heaven. And when he goes to heaven, you know, the Bible talks in the book of Revelation about pearly gates. That's not just a joke thing. Um, St. Peter may or may not be there. I, I don't know. I can't say to that. But In the parable, Mr. Jones goes to heaven and they're standing at the pearly gates as Peter and Peter's there to welcome him into the kingdom and he walks in and he he immediately sees the the beauty and the wonder and the majesty of all that is heaven and he sees the crystal lake and he sees the streets of gold and he still sees these beautiful buildings and he's, he's walking through and he sees a building that's a plain building. And it has no windows and it only has one door. And, and, and Mr. Jones is like, Peter, what's in that building? Why is it different than all the other buildings? What's in there? And he goes, you don't want to know about that building. Don't worry about it. He goes, no, 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 that's different. I got to know why, why. Hey, 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 who's keeping secrets in heaven? I need to know. He goes, all right, you, you might not like it, but I'll take you if that's where you want to go. And he takes him in and he goes, this is, this, is, well, this is a room full of boxes. And all the boxes are these boxes with little bows on them and whatever. And he goes, well, what are they? He goes, it's just people's boxes, stuff. They didn't use. And he, he looks and everyone has a name. He goes, wait, wait, wait do I have a name? Because all the boxes have names on them. Is there one for me? He goes, yes, there's, there's one for you. And Mr. Jones takes off down the aisleway. He's looking in the J section because he's Mr. Jones. And he finds, he finds his box and he opens it up. And when he opens it up, he discovers like all these cool blessings in there. And it dawns on him. He says, I never got these. And Peter says, I know. He goes, why did I never get them? He goes, because you never asked. These were the blessings that were there for you all along. But you never pursued and you never asked. And that is the parable of Mr. Jones. That he was, he was looking at what he could have had. He was looking at what there was. In essence, it's this. Mr. Jones, these are the boxes of the blessings that God wanted to give you. But you just never asked. So why not you? Why not now? What do you got to lose? God has nothing to lose. Because when you take from infinite, you lose nothing. And if you get blessed, it doesn't mean somebody else gets unblessed. Or you somehow take their blessing. God has an infinite supply of resources. Can I just tell you you're worth it and that God loves you, that you're the apple of his eye, and that you are his child. And he is your father. And he would love to bless you. So what I want to do today is just equip you with this prayer. And what I would challenge you to do is on your way out the door, you're going to get a little card with this prayer on it. And what I would do is I would stick it in my dash and I'd stick it in my mirror and I'd stick it in my wallet and I'd stick it wherever I could see it and on a regular basis. And I would make, for at least a short period of time, I'd make this prayer your prayer. And say, God, and I'll put it in my own words, but God, I want you to bless me indeed. Like, I think you're a good father. And God, I think you want to do great things in my life. So would you please just bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Like, whatever I have in life, expand it so that I might do more and give more and bless more. And and God, put your favor on my life. That's priceless. And protect me from evil at all times that I might not cause pain. And maybe, just maybe, God has something incredible in store for you that he would like to bless you with. If 
you would only ask. Let's pray this morning. God, what if? God, what if there's a blessing that you want to give? And that the only thing standing in between me and that blessing is simply me asking and pursuing. God, I pray that you would give me the passion for prayer. God, the, the ambition to ask. That you would give it, God, in my heart, the desire to God to pursue your best in my life. Not for my own selfish gain, but because you want to bless me. And you want me to be a blessing to the world around me. And so God, today we start with that prayer. God, help us to be the people that constantly are pursuing your best, your highest, your greatest. And God, help us to live more honorable. Like, help us not just to be honorable, but more honorable in everything that we do. And God, help us to pursue you in everything we do. And in doing so, God, I just pray that you would bless us, that you would do great things in us and through us, Lord. God, help the prayer of Jabez to become our prayer, that you might bless us indeed. Lord, that is it in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap this morning? Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.